Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Okay, here we are in week three of our Get Stoked series. I hope that you're stoked about our Get Stoked series. We're talking about how we are better together. We're talking about belonging. We're talking about the fact that church is a community. This, this um, series is all about stoking the fire and staying white hot in our devotion to Jesus, in our devotion to Christ. And I truly believe that staying hot in our devotion to Christ happens best when we are together, when we are in community. You know, devotion is it's a wonderful thing. To be devoted means uh, it's not that gushy thing that you feel for someone when you first start going out. Like when we first started going out, Paul and I, uh, I did not sing, hopelessly devoted. That song now, half of you don't even know what that song is because you're way too young for Greece. But it was the happening thing when I was growing up. So I'm not talking about that gushy thing. Devotion, the more you are with someone, hopefully the more devoted you get to them. Because devotion means loyal and steadfast. And I'd like to give ourselves, I'd like for us to give ourselves a spiritual checkup this morning. How is your devotion level? I'm specifically talking about your devotion level to Christ and his cause. Not your devotion level to the latest series you may be watching or the person you are seeing, or some other thing, because we can easily get caught up in lots of other things. How is your devotion level to Christ as a disciple of Christ? Because that's our goal, right? Our goal is to be a disciple of Christ, and not only that, to make new disciples of Christ. And a disciple's greatest desire is to become, does that matter that the lights have just turned off? Hello, and there they are, they're gone again. What do we think might happen? Should I keep? Should I keep? Should I go back to how's your devotion level? So, how is your devotion level? Your devotion to Christ as a disciple of Christ, because that's the goal, right? To be a disciple of Christ and to make new disciples of Christ. A disciple's greatest desire is to become more and more like the person they are following. That is my desire, to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And, you know, we see disciples everywhere. Um, Back when Friends, the sitcom, was going on, there were lots of disciples to Jennifer Aniston's hair. They were disciples of her. When our kids were growing up, depending on what sitcom they were watching, what they were watching on the TV or reading about, you could tell by the way they were speaking, how they were acting, what they were wearing, who the latest, their latest disciple was, who they were following. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and have people know that by the, by the way that I act by what I say, how about you? 
I'm sure you do today. So I want us to all stay white hot in our devotion to Christ. Revelation 3.15 says this, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. This passage of scripture reminds us that hot or even cold is preferable to indifferent. So how's your devotion to Christ? Being devoted can be inconvenient. And sometimes we might be tempted to to pull back and, and we might have these thoughts going on in our mind that go like this. I might just pull away or do my own thing for a while on my own schedule. Often pulling away or skipping or doing my own thing isn't about solitude or rest, but about isolation. And while solitude and rest is a gift from God, isolation is a tool of the enemy. And there is no faster way to render a community ineffective than to isolate its members. Isolation is a step toward lower devotion, not greater devotion. And the early church was devoted to some very key things, some key spiritual disciplines that we're going to look at today because these things build and increase community and help us in our devotion to Christ. So we're going to read today from Acts 2, 41 to 47. It says this, Those who believed that uh, what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. That's pretty amazing. All the believers devoted themselves, there it is, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. How beautiful is that? A deep sense of awe. That's what happens when we are together in community. And Miracles and signs and wonders happened. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Sounds like church to me. Beautiful. All the believers devoted themselves, it says, to a few key things. And these are important spiritual disciplines, and they are, they are the fruit of a church that has been genuinely touched by Jesus Christ and is following him. Each of these activities they devoted themselves to are their corporate activities. They're things that the, the early church did together. But this is not just togetherness, it is unity. And God, the Bible says God brings a blessing where there's unity. It's not just human affection, it was genuine love. And there was awe, there was was wonder. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. So we're going to look at those four things briefly this morning. The first one is the apostles' teaching. What was the apostles' teaching? I believe it would be reasonable to assume it was what we hear Peter talking about in his sermon in Acts 2, just before this scripture. It was the gospel. They devoted themselves to the gospel, the good news. And as they devoted themselves to sharing the gospel, people were responding. People were being healed. Miracles and signs and wonders were happening and the the church was growing daily. 
God was working in them and he was working through them and there was excitement and there was wonder and there was awe and there was joy. And you know what? The gospel is still good news. It is still the good news. It is still the power of God for salvation. Despite the impact of COVID on our world, the gospel is still relevant and powerful. And God is still advancing his kingdom. And the gospel, it never goes out of style or or out of date and it never loses its power. And we, as his disciples, must never lose our passion for sharing it. Don't you love uh, the evangelist? I love the evangelist. You know, um, people can be an evangelist for many, many things. We were joking this week with one of our children who... Whatever they're into, they're an evangelist for. And they're like, come on, you guys need to eat this. Or you, you need to come and exercise with me and do that. Um, people who are evangelists go out to a restaurant and everyone needs to eat at this restaurant. They see a movie and everyone needs to see that movie. They're so passionate. I want to be that passionate about sharing Christ. Compelling people about the love that God has for them. The early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. You know, in this context, in this verse, fellowship means sharing something in common. And often in the New Testament when um, this was talked about, when fellowship is mentioned, it's talking about sharing financial resources. It's talking about giving. And you know, Paul and I, we love to give. We love to bring our tithes and our offerings. And then we love to bring um, our offering into vision builders. But you know, it's not just about giving money, it's, it's about giving to other people as well. I remember when we were in Bible college in 1988, we were in Sydney in Bible college, and we really thought that at the end of that year, we were going to go and help plant a church in New York, New York, New York, the Big Apple, and we were really excited about it, and I remember we, were, we chatted with the pastors who were going to be leaving and going and planting the church, and we had talked about it, and, and you know what happened? Holy Spirit spoke to us and he said, actually, guys, you're not going to New York. What? But you're going to pay for someone else to get there. Really? Well, that's exciting. And so that's what we did. We had a little bit of, uh, we had an investment. We'd sold a property in Canberra and we got some of those funds and we withdrew them and we paid for this uh, couple or guy, I can't remember now, it's too long ago, um, to get over there to New York. We've given away an oven, a kitchen, and money to people who need it more than we do. The early church was committed to fellowship, which means sharing in financial resources. But, you know, it is more than just finances. Do you know that fellowship is powerful? It's powerful for for your body, physical body, and your soul. Being part of a community can have positive effects on your mental health, positive effects on your emotional well-being because, you know, we all need a sense of belonging for our mental health to be healthy. Being a part of something that is greater than ourselves brings satisfaction, it brings support, it brings meaning to our lives. You know, some some people chase after happiness and, you know, happiness comes and goes and that is actually not the goal. Happiness is not your goal. 
Doing something meaningful is going to make you a lot happier than chasing after happiness. We all need help from others at times, and that happens in community. We are part of a community. Let's share in this community. Don't be a stranger to this community. Who likes the flashing lights? Okay, to sharing meals, that's the fourth one. There is power in sharing a meal with others. It's a great way to fellowship. It's a great way to get to know others. It's a great way to relax, to laugh, to support, to encourage. And, you know, we in this fast pace, although we've slowed lately, this pace that we run at, sometimes we can't, we find it hard to find the time to connect. But here's the thing, we all need to eat. Anyone in COVID need to eat less? That would be me. Um, but as a society, we have lost and forgotten the value of the meal. And if you don't like cooking, go to a cafe, go out for coffee. Don't put all that pressure on yourself. You know, the act of meeting, uh, the act of meeting, the act of eating meals plays a significant role in the Gospels. Jesus shares so many meals with, with all sorts of people, different people. Some say he ate his way through the Gospels. And he entered people's lives, and while he ate with them, some amazing things happened. Miracles happened. He taught them. He healed them. So why should we share meals? All of these reasons come from examples found in the Gospels with Jesus. You get to know people you wouldn't have otherwise. You get to encourage people. You, you get to know how you can pray for people. You get to know uh, what others are dealing with. And you get to celebrate with others. Jesus did all of those things, five things, when he ate with people in the Gospels. So who can you invite into your life to share a meal with? I just love, I love sharing a meal with friends, you know, just taking off all my roles and all the hats and everything else and just relaxing and, and just laughing with friends. There is nothing like it. It's actually healing to you, to your emotions and your soul. And the last thing that they devoted themselves to was prayer. The early church didn't just have a personal prayer life, which we all need. We all know that personal prayer is important. It's essential. Paul Yonggi Cho said, I've got too much to accomplish today, so I must pray for four hours. He said that every day. Prayer is communication with God. Simply put, it's communication with God. And all of us know that you cannot build a personal relationship with someone that you don't communicate with. It is just not possible. You've got to spend time with someone to get to know them. And I would be lost without my personal prayer time with God. But prayer isn't just me and God. You know, the early church, they also had a corporate prayer life. And corporate prayer is important. It is not, in my opinion, just an optional extra. It is as important as preaching the word. It is a vital key to bringing God's presence to earth. It is not secondary. And I believe with all my heart that God wants his church to pray together. I believe that, that his purposes are accelerated as we pray together. Praying together was a priority for the, the apostles. We've already seen in that key verse that I read out in Acts 2 that the early church prayed together. 
The apostles learnt what to do by being with Jesus, by watching him. They walked with him. They lived with him. And this might interest you to know that Jesus talked about prayer in 37 verses in the Gospels. And in 33 of those 37 verses, he's talking about corporate prayer. He's talking about praying with others, not personal or private prayer. Private or personal prayer is important, but so is corporate prayer. There is power in corporate prayer. You know, we have our fortnightly prayer meetings on a Tuesday night. And I'll tell you what. Last Tuesday, as I was stomping around this room, uh, those who know me know that I stomp, um, I was walking around this room and I was speaking in tongues and I, I took, we went to a new place. There, there, something happened in that meeting. Something, God shifted something in the realm that we don't see but we know is so real. Corporate prayer is powerful. That's another reason why we pray in every service together. Our Father, we pray together because we believe in the power of corporate prayer. The early church devoted themselves to four things. A lot of other things probably, but the four things we're talking about today from Acts 2. The apostles' teaching. Let's, let's be passionate about sharing the gospel. To fellowship. To sharing meals and to prayer. They were devoted, they were excited, they were enthusiastic. They were not perfect. They had not made it. But what they did have was a strong community. They had passion, love and joy. They had a genuine love for God and for others. So as I finish today, I have two questions for you. They're going to come up on the screen. The first one is this, and I'd love you just to take a moment at some point during this week just to answer those questions for yourself. The first one is, are my current patterns leading me to a greater devotion to Jesus? It's a good question to ask ourselves. It's a good thing to think about. Are my current patterns leading me to a greater devotion to Jesus? Because that's what we want, right? And the second one is this. Am I serving, inviting, giving, and helping make new disciples? That's what they were doing in Acts 2. Am I serving, inviting, giving, and helping to make new disciples? That's what disciples of Christ do. I pray that as a church we are characterized by the devotion, generosity, awe, and joy that we find in the early church. Father, I pray for every person that's listening to this message right now. I thank you, God, that you see them and know them. Lord, that you see what is going on in their world, Father. And I pray that, that as a church, we would be devoted to you, that our passion for you would be white hot. Lord, that as a community of believers, we would be doing what that early, the early church did. We would, we would be... Um, focused on you. We would be sharing the gospel. We would be fellowshipping, sharing meals and praying together. I thank you, Father, for all you are and all you've done for us. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. You are great. You are good and you are mighty. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.